Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life. Hi, this is Joe Martin. I'm pastor at First Baptist Church in Toledo, not too far from Mount St. Helens. And this is a cabin talk this week. And thanks for watching this. And if it helps you, share it with somebody. The question uh, tonight kind of sets up our weekend talk about why church or why, <clears throat> why especially Toledo First Baptist Church. If that's not doable for you, for some of you watching it's too far away or you're out of the country. I know there's a lot of folks that are in that situation. So if that's the case, um, it's important to find your own community. I, it would be great if you take a little bit uh, to watch the, the go to the website and watch the, the series of messages online. That may really help. But the bigger question comes down to why serve anyone? Um, you know, we have a, a approach here. We think not everyone can do everything, but everybody should do something. Everyone should have a place to serve where they're committed, where they feel like this is part of their bigger purpose that God's given them. And uh, But the problem with this is that there's a lot of like recruiting for people to serve. But when your reasons for serving are wrong, it almost always ends up badly it really, it can really go bad. And so, um, you know, you, a lot of times you do it for a lot of different reasons. And what ends up happening is if the foundation of like, for example, why you go to a church at all, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that <clears throat> when we talk about branding on the weekend. But you know, and some of you are like, well, I don't go and this is okay to watch this. But what I'm saying is I really want to encourage you to, there's something that happens when you're involved in with real people that you can't shut off or real lives that you can't just ignore the written content. Um, that is, it's not, it's not something you can get anywhere else. Um, and so, but the reasons for going to that that community, that local church, whether it's TFPC or somewhere else, and the reasons for even taking it to the next step, which is to try and serve and to try and help in some way. If if you don't start out with a good foundation, it almost always, as I said, ends badly. You'll quit. You'll feel underappreciated or maybe undercompensated or unnoticed and you feel like, wow, that's what you get. You feel like you were, you were maybe even taken advantage of, you know, oftentimes I've seen people that were serving under the wrong kind of thinking. They end up being um, bitter. They end up being resentful. And this could be not just within your local church. It could be you're helping in a nonprofit or you're helping in some other kind of way as a, as a, just to do it just as a, a place to to um, to give of yourself. 
You have to start with the right reasons. Uh, and you may ruin relationships. You started out with thinking, wow, I could do some help. I could, I could really make a contribution. Uh, there are a lot of reasons why you can start serving. Sometimes you just kind of sleepwalk into it. You just see people have a need and maybe you have a skill set or you have some time on your hands or you have some money on your hands. And so you think, I'm just going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get involved. Uh, other reasons, sometimes we end up serving that are not good reasons, that are not adequate reasons. We just feel guilty. You know, we lack the personal security to be able to say no to people, uh, even when we really don't think it's what we need to be doing. Sometimes uh, the most, you know, and that doesn't mean you just are, are perpetually a person that always says no. You know, sometimes uh, someone, one time somebody said the 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 way to say the most positive yes is to be able to say the most positive no. The the road to yes is oftentimes no because sometimes you gotta you know say no to something so you have time to do the thing that you really need to do. And uh, that just because sometimes people are sad doesn't make you bad, but people will serve out of guilt or. And don't get me wrong, if you made a commitment to do something, you felt like that was what God led you to do, and then you're shirking it, that's a whole other issue. But you just kind of get manipulated into it. Or you may do it because you have this desperate need to be liked, and so you say yes to everything. Or you may do it because of appearances. You want to appear, uh, we live in the era of what we call kind of, um, uh, you know, almost a kind of designer or a a you know, performance activism. And so people get involved in stuff so that they can make sure they get a lot of attention. Jesus warned us against that. You might do it for power. You can work your way into maybe a local church or in some other way, and you kind of have your little fife dome. That can happen. Some people do it for affection. Maybe they just want to be close to somebody, around somebody. Could be there's a, a, a attractive person that you... Find yourself pulled there. There's lots of reasons why people can end up serving. But Jesus' way is quite different. Jesus' reason when he calls us to serve is another thing completely. And that's because the way of Jesus is always opposite of the culture and the systems of this world. And it's not just because Jesus is Jesus that we say, well, of course, that's Jesus. He's God in the flesh. I mean, nobody can be like him. We're called to, in our own halting, long obedience in the same direction, we're called to really follow him and be like him. And this is what Philippians chapter Paul wrote to a little church full of people, probably smaller than TFBC is, but he wrote this. He said, therefore, if there is any encouragement, Philippians 2.1, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship in the Spirit, any affection and compassion, and then he says this, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. You know, he's writing to them. He's saying, if there's any reality to this love we say we believe in, Make my joy complete by being in the same mind, thinking the same, maintaining the same love that you really, it's not one-sided. 
you're united in your spirit, you're intent on this one purpose. Uh, there, it's unimaginable when you read the Bible of, of you just living off in your own life without a, a real, uh, you know, present relationship with a local community like the Philippians. They lived in community. The Christian life is to be lived out in community. It's kind of like so many things. You know, you can have all the equipment. You can have all the baseball equipment, but you got to have a team to play. And then he says this, do nothing. This is hard. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. It's important. Now, some of your translations will say better, but this is really, in NASB says, this is probably a really, really good translation. People are not better than you, but treat them as more important than yourself. That you put them ahead of you. You let them go first in the line. Uh, This is a a beautiful picture. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, like uh, subservient. You just consciously, willfully say, I'm not going to do this out of uh, out of pride or selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. I'm going to change my way of thinking, my attitude. And then he says something else that's really profound. Do not merely look out for your own interests, but your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. This is really the essence of what maturity begins to look like. You see, you can grow up, and we're, we kind of make a physical parallel. You know, we grow up, and people take care of us, and they watch out for us, and then eventually we're expected to, you know, cut our own meat and take care of ourselves and pay our own bills. But then that's what maturity, that's part of maturity. But you're really not mature until you get to that next level, which is, you just you not just take care of your own interests, your personal disciplines, your walk with God, your responsibilities, but you're also willing to take care of the interests of others. You know, this often happens in parenting, but it can happen in ministry. It can happen in, in a class or it can happen. In, you're not just keeping your own stuff together. You're also helping other people. And uh, you're, if you are that person that says, hey, I got my stuff together, you know, I'll do me, you you do you, whatever, even if it's not very good. That's not really the essence of what it means to be a mature follower of Jesus. You have to take care of your own stuff and help others. And then he says, here's where it really gets interesting. Have this attitude in you, which was also this mind, this way of thinking which is also in Christ Jesus. You know, this tells you that it's possible that you and I can cultivate a kind of thinking, an attitude, a a way of a grid in which we see the world, a lens in which we see the world. Have this mind in you, which is also in uh, Christ Jesus. You know, this is the, not to be cliche, but this is where you begin to say, what would Jesus really want me to do? How would Jesus respond to this? Now, we... We're all growing in this and learning. How would Jesus react to this? Would would Jesus say yes to this? Would Jesus say no to this? Would Jesus endorse this? Would Jesus, you know, what am I going to be known for in this, in my life? Is it for being like Jesus? Or what do people know me for as they look at my uh, my social media or whatever? And then he says, who, although, he gives the example. What, it, what, what are we looking at? 
as far as the life of Jesus. Well, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He was God, but he didn't see hanging on to his eternal attributes at that moment as something he had to cling to. And so if you were going to want to do this and really serve people with the right heart, you've got to surrender to be a bond slave. That's step one. If you want to just, you don't want to just be a volunteer, but you really want to be a servant after the heart of Jesus, you're going to have to decide to be a bond slave. To be a bond slave means that you chose to be a slave because you love your master. This is what Philippians 2, 7 says, but he emptied himself, Jesus, he came to earth, taking the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of men. So what does that mean, bond servant? Now, you've probably heard this, but in the Old Testament, now slavery was some was different. It's always bad, but it was different in the Old Testament. Most of the slaves in that era, it wasn't race-based. It was conquest-based. And so if someone was a slave, they were a slave for seven years. They could be freed after seven years. Um, they were. It wasn't like a chattel slavery that we knew have known. Um, I'm not saying it was good, and I'm sure there was terrible abuses of it, but that was the system. And But he says a bondservant was when somebody uh, was re- could be freed or had been freed, but they say, I really don't want to be free of you, master. I want to be, because I love you, I want to be your bondservant. I want to stay with you forever. And so they would pierce the ear and put charcoal in it so they had that black spot that they belonged to their master. Well, that's what Jesus became, he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant. He did it out of love. He did it out of love. And so if you are going to be a follower after Jesus, you've got to do it out of love. You've got to do it because you love him and you love you, you love the Father above all. The second thing you've got to do is humble yourself, obey God, no matter how hard or how costly it becomes. You have to humble yourself. Being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. You know, the death of of dying on the cross was the most horrible thing that could ever happen to someone. You know, uh, I'll say more about this uh, later, but I do want to say that only a slave, the person in in the place of a slave, would suffer this kind of death. A Roman citizen couldn't be crucified. And so he was willing to do that. That's hard. That's super humbling and 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 humiliating and painful and cruel was done to him. Did you know he is the what we're looking at? He's the standard we're looking at. I know that's a lot to take in. Now it's true that not all opportunities are God's command, just because something's hard or difficult or seems just dauntingly um, cruel, doesn't mean you got to take it on. But the point is, it doesn't mean it's not either, just because it's hard. A lot of times we've got it in our mind that because something that we ought to feel like it all the time. You know, we ought to feel like going to church all the time. We ought to feel like reading our Bible all the time. We ought to feel like serving other people. We ought to feel like teaching that class. We ought to feel like doing that food. We ought to feel like picking them up and giving them a ride. No. 
pretty sure Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross. He even said, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But he did it. That's what counts. Because love does. And then three, if you're going to be a servant, for the right reasons, let God promote you, not yourself. Don't promote yourself. This is what it says. For this reason also God highly exalted in verse 9, and bestowed on him, Jesus, the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, and who are on heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, why serve anyone? Well, Jesus served everyone, including you. He served you. He became a, he lay, he became a ransom. He said, "Who I, he says I didn't come to be served, but to be a servant, and to give my life a ransom for many." You know, you say, "Well, why should I serve? Why am I here? Why did I get up today? Nobody appreciates me. Nobody." I'm not getting any appreciation. I'm just getting hassled. Why should I do it? It's kind of boring. It's not all I hope for. Well, your answer is, the one that I love and the one that I follow serves. And I want to be like him. That's how you do it. You serve at God's direction. You serve in God's power. You serve as you seek God's pleasure, not attention from other people. And you practice this. Where do you practice this? You practice this as you commit to a church. And if you're listening to this, you're a member of TFBC, you commit to this church. Or you commit to the church where God has led you. And you commit to a church where you can serve more than be served. If you're going to a church based on, oh, what can they give me? What can they do for me? You're doing it for the wrong reason. You won't stick long there because as soon as the the um, product that you're consuming runs out, you'll look for something else. You'll move on. But if you want to serve like Jesus serves, he loved his own even to the end. And that's what you'll learn to do too. Thank you for watching this. And if you want to catch more of these, you can catch them at our website, um, TFBC. Uh, dot com forward slash and then you can put in whatever you want there's lots of good things going on um of course sunday i'm going to be talking about why tfbc or why should you be a part of any local church and you can catch that you can catch up from last week if you missed it and um i just want to thank you for taking a few times we don't talk much about church because it's kind of out but you know what church is never out with god it was his creation it's not perfect but it's God's way to grow you and help you become the person he wants you to be. So thank you for watching. Thank you also for giving. You can go to um, that same website and look for the giving menu. A lot of you just giving a lot and making it possible for us to do these videos and do the ministries that we're doing. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for your tithes and your gifts. God bless you. Once again, thanks for watching.